podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. This is the World Cup Whistleblowers, and I'm Martin Gritton. Uh, on the day after the Volkers, Vultures, I should say, circling the carcass of the England result, I've decided to bring in... Volkers. <laughs> oh, you've heard him already, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. We're going to have Carry to introduce on. him first, because he can't <laughs> stop talking, but hopefully we'll be able to hear all of his thoughts on this game. It's comedian and actor, Mark Smith. Actor? I'm just throwing that in there. Yeah, chuck it in, man. See we go I've, with I've that. acted before. I'm acting up it's today. Bloody, aren't you just? Yeah. Just like you, isn't it? Thanks um, for having me, though, Mark. Do you know what? Um, to, to level you, I've decided to bring in a, a fellow Scot, <laughs> former Pro Town journalist and also whistleblower regular, Gregor Robertson. Hello there. Good to have you back, Gregor. Good to be here. We'll deconstruct oh, the we England will indeed, yes, game. We will. <laughs> and, 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 well, let's have, I firstly like to mention we're backed by Labrooks uh, for the best and most exclusive offers. Go to bet.thewhistleblowers.net. A couple more World Cup games and offers to, to check out there. Um, yeah, so Gregor, back to last night. Um, I think, well, I'm going to have to start with you because it's just because Mark's still just wiping a tear from his eye. Ollie, the, the producer, is, <laughs> is so broken that he he can't even he can't even take a beer on board tonight. I think that's that's a pretty sorry state to be in. But yeah, no um, initial thoughts, Gregor. It was a pretty it was a, a pretty sad uh, whimpering exit for them. Uh, yeah, if you're being cruel, I suppose it was. Yeah, oh, I'm um, being cruel. I mean, the, like we were discussing earlier, the first half uh, was probably the best half of football England played the whole tournament. So from that, that point of view... Even with the misses? Even with the, the chances that went begging? I, I still think it was their best performance because they were playing against the best team they played as well. And we'll, we'll probably come on to that, the standard of oh, opposition at some, some stage. But H- so How long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> how long is it going to take? <laughs> right. Uh, um, yeah, all right, Mark, just... What Greg is no, 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 continue. No, please. no, no. Well, let's let's because I I disagree with that immediately. I, that's, it was a good first half performance, the energy wise. But do you think they to pardon the phrase shot their bolt a little bit on that one? I, no, I think they played very well, and they, they, that's that's what they will look back at uh, with with a hint of regret, I'm sure, because there was opportunities to mm. perhaps kill the game off, um, or certainly make it much harder than it was, and proved to be for Croatia to come back into the game. But you do have to hand it to Croatia. They're, the way they they just stepped up, they found gears that you've, mm. didn't know existed, probably. Yeah, and, no, that's right. And uh, you have to take your hat off to them as well. Mark? I mean, I, I agree. I think that I agree with you, Gregor. I think that first half was, by a distance, the most impressive we'd been in the entire tournament. Um, second only to the first half against Sweden, I'd say. In fact, it felt like a very similar game to the Sweden one. It felt like we'd we'd. We'd stepped up to the Sweden game. Sweden are a team that we don't have a great record against, and we played well against them, and we, we dominated this team. It, it looked actually quite comfortable, the Sweden one. And last night's first half had a lot of similar echoes to that. It, it felt like the same thing's happening. Yes, we missed chances, but we were making chances, and that's something that, you know, the accusation has been levelled all, all tournament. We're not making much from open play. Yeah. But actually, in that first half, we could and probably should have been at least two, maybe three up at half time. And if, it's all lifts and butts now, but if we had taken those chances, which weren't difficult chances, I think that game would have been buried at half time. Said- and for all the talk of Croatia being great second half, which they were, and having more control of the game, we're, we're, we're a Harry Kane sitter by his standards and a Jesse Lingard reasonably good chance by his standards away from you know no one talking about us needing a Modric and us being in a World Cup final so 
yeah, I, I, I'm on Gregor's side with the best performance so far, but absolutely Croatia, credit to them. They, they absolutely took that game by the scruff of the neck. It's the same, Gregor, you remember from your playing days, the, when you get that second goal on team, the demoralisation, the kind of extra layer that it adds of complexity for them getting back into it because you have to risk more to get back into a 2-0, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, the second goal would have been, would have been huge for them it, because England, England find themselves sitting back and back and when you're doing that, defending one goal lead and then when the goal goes in, you're already yeah, in that sort of frame of mind, that mindset. On, and I mean, England did respond pretty well in, the, in extra time actually before the sort of killer goal came. Mm. Um, but I think really from from the second half onwards you've got to say Croatia deserved it in the end but having said that I mean they've scored two goals which I mean to my mind they were defensive errors led to the goals and then they've hit the post as well so they've, they've had they've created chances but also from England's frailties at the back they've scored so again it's ifs and buts but they've only scored from defensive errors it's not like they've a moment of magic has done it. Although I agree with you that they, they dominated the ball second half, well, the final 75 minutes really, second half and extra time. I still think we, with a bit more nous and a bit more know-how and experience, might have got out of that game. I feel like Southgate didn't really know what to do at half-time, 1-0 up. And I think we didn't make a, a change in midfield early enough. Yeah. But, what change? But you know what? Yeah, what change? Change I, well, make? I, the change I'd have made, I, I don't think Ali's played well all, all tournament. And I think he was a passenger for a lot of that game. Yeah. And I think that actually uh, a Loftus-Cheek who's more dynamic box-to-box or even a Delph, certainly not a Dyer that's just going to sit there and invite pressure, but, but someone like that that can come on and, and impact the game in a positive way. Yeah. This is all easy to say in hindsight. No, no, and I like- also want to say that actually, brilliant tournament for us. We'll talk about that later on, yeah. but... but- with a bit in the hand off, off a semi-final. Yeah, and the bravery, you talk about his bravery. I mean, we're talking that's an extra layer of bravery on top of what he's already shown in terms of his selection and the people that he took there. Loftus-Cheek's season, it, it doesn't necessarily equate. It's the way that Vardy, at that level of football, it made me realise it's like, going, well, there's some reason he's not playing more because you always think someone has that impact and that mm. um, that energy in a, a in the league season you're like well why wouldn't why wouldn't you start him and the quality on the pitch maybe says that even though it's Dejan Lovren at the other end who he probably scores against most freely more freely than any other centre half but you know that extra layer of quality that last night I mean that was that was where they come unstuck yeah I mean like like Mark said the, the, it was the, the lack of, of a kind of a really high quality player in, in midfield that, that sort of does dictate a game that was the thing that was noticeable but oh, Will Hughes <laughs> mate love that guy preach to the converted I know but yet, Will Hughes time, he'll <laughs> yeah. be lifting the World Cup but yeah. the, 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 that person doesn't exist so the thing the thing that's been refreshing from, from Southgate's point of view is that he's set upon a system and put players in that system uh, rather than trying to fit fit players into a system that doesn't work you know but, but what do you think about his so he has this sort of technique of giving people the shirt and it's theirs to lose and you don't lose that shirt unless you're injured or have an absolute clangor so Ali wasn't getting dropped no, no one's getting dropped out of that starting 11 unless they're injured right that's what it seemed to be yeah. during the tournament what do you think about that as a player that gives you a lot of confidence but also does it not give you if there's no one really nipping at your heels is there an issue there I'm, I'm well, nitpicking I here because I am happy with how I don't know if went. that's entirely true I think he, he probably if, if someone had had really grabbed, grabbed the bulls by the horn, horns against Belgium Mm. Then they might have they might have staked a claim so? for the game uh, for the for the following game, but they didn't really, did they? No. And I know what you're saying uh, Loftus Cheek. He, he was a really big impact in the first game, uh, and Rashford's one of the ones as well. Who you think he he 
when he comes on, he you know he shows a bit of magic. He's something you want to get in the team. But I think the team did really pick itself. And Sterling was having a good game last night. I thought. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was a strange when he got hooked so early. And Henderson, I think Henderson might have been maybe carrying something. Uh, but. Henderson, Henderson was the one that kind of uh, that struck me as someone that, that didn't quite know what to do in terms of keeping the ball and moving. No, no, listen, but he's he on his own in there. Really, no, no, which, uh, absolutely, but. He's the, he's the one that always looks a little bit out of his depth when it comes to that. He, he can rely on players when they're better. Maybe at Liverpool he's just got better players around him. I think it was one of those yesterday, though, that when England in the first half had more of the ball, because the two, the two midfielders are in front of Henderson are attacking players, that worked in England's favour. The second half, mm. when Croatia had more of the ball and they started getting on top of them, the fact that those two players are in front of him don't really want to defend particularly although they yeah. did they did run their socks off yeah, yeah. but they're not that's yeah, not their role that showed they're, that, they're, that they're not box to box midfielders or, or defensive mids they're, they're, they're both really I'd say probably tens they can play much exactly, more yeah. advanced of, yeah. of centre mid yeah. and then you've got Sterling slash Rashford as well as Kane and it felt like we sort of top loaded a little bit and when there's no service going into those front two, one of them becomes superfluous. And you can you could drop one for another midfielder or someone white. I don't know. Well, what would you say? I mean, the players that that seem to the names that were bouncing around today, Lalana and Oxley Chamberlain, would they be people that would take that team to the next level? I, I don't think so. This is. When your club has got an injured player, they become so much Margot, better. Off. Margot agitated there, just for everyone's uh, at well, home. Look, we we could talk about it all day. Like, I mean, oh, Lallana, we, we can't. Mate. Lallana, we've, got, we've got twenty minutes. Lallana and, and the Ox are good players. They're good players, but I don't think that they are absolute world beater game changers for this side. I think, if anything, that this 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 whole tournament has shown us that this group of players it, it proves that, that the group is is more important than the individuals. There's much better teams out there with better individual players. We've had a real group spirit. Yes, as we'll talk about in a minute, we haven't maybe played the top, top teams. But the spirit is the thing that's got everyone in the country excited. Yeah. It's not the individuals. Important. That's much more important. And yet, uh, um, we'll, co- we'll come back onto their route because Kualuka uh, uh, coming on the pitch reminded me of a, a night out, a Tuesday night out in Manchester <laughs> when... Luca, I was playing with a lad called Jamie Tolley. Gregor, do you remember Jamie Tolley? And he was living with Joe Hart at the time. He was playing for Man City. And Joe Hart decided to bring Luca out in a night out with us lot, uh, reprobates on him. <laughs> so this guy's just stood there baffled for most of the night. He speaks mm. Serbian. Correct. Joe, Joe Hart you're talking about? <laughs> Joe, Joe Hart, correct. Yeah, Joe, but this was the other thing. I think it was just the most surreal evening. And we were just going, what Chorluk call it? Whatever we called him, he didn't. Why are we calling him his surname? You're not in the army. <laughs> what is his first name? Vedran. Oh, Good. God, I hate you. No. But when he came on yesterday, that was as calm as ever. He was just serene when he went through that kind of mix zone and he was like, oh, um, it's not coming home. I mean, it didn't bother me, but the, right, the absolute railing he got on. Ridiculous. Like, when you were rubbish back at I was like, well, just leave him alone. He's like, he's <laughs> a lovely night out on yeah. Dean's Gate Locks and I've never seen him look, <laughs> I've never seen a creation look so baffled, certainly more baffled than he looked last night. Um, but, like, I, by the way, I've got no problem with that as a comment after the match from, from Shaw yeah. Luca. I think it's... A bit of ribbing. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just a bit taking the mick, isn't it? It's, it's fine. Like, you know, the whole it's coming home thing, it's not, we don't literally, we, we beat Tunisia when we're singing it. It's not, we don't think we're going to win the World Cup because we beat Tunisia. It's just a, it's a, it's a philosophical thing, lads. He says, it's football yeah, came out. sort of argument now about whether it's been a joke or not. And if it's been a joke, then you've got to be able to take the joke yeah, absolutely. back. Surely, yeah. Absolutely. Right, let's nip that. <laughs> uh, uh, let's come back afterwards and speak about the run. The Whistleblowers is backed for the season by Labrooks. 
the run of games, Mark. So we were just touching upon uh, whether England can look at that and say that's that's a challenge uh, that was fitting of this team or perhaps this World Cup. What's your what's your first thoughts? Because um, you can't choose the run. No, absolutely, you can't choose the run. Apart you, from you, playing a crap team against Belgium, and <laughs> yeah, and we chose the right run, I think. Um, <laughs> well, I wonder how Belgium feel right now. Yeah, Oof. angry. I'd have thought really. <laughs> I mean. I think that you, the old adage of you can only beat who you play, fine. Only beat who you, who's put in front of you. That's right. that, that's obviously true. But there are other teams that have had equally easy runs to get to semi-finals before. Brazil in 2002, I think, had a really easy Germany. one. Germany's Germany's run in 2002 had a, was disgustingly was easy. It the, was it them, South yeah. Korea in the semi-finals. I mean, they yeah. had a fag on. Diddy, Diddy Man did actually have a fag <laughs> on for the whole tournament, and we can come back to that. But, but, but so it exists. <laughs> but, but the fact is, I think you've got to look at it contextually and say, well... Probably, it's an easy run if you're Spain, Germany, Brazil, right? Or France or whatever. But for England, the teams we beat in knockout are teams we have gone out, we would have gone out to every single time, or nine times out of ten in the last 20 years. Sticky one, wouldn't it? Colombia would have been a lot stickier. And, yeah, it would have that been... Was sticky enough. It, it was sticky as it was. And actually, I, think, I, I said this yesterday, but the Colombia game, uh, I've never experienced anything like that. I felt like I was having a stroke during the game. <laughs> like I was going dizzy, I was pranging out, I couldn't believe what was going on. And, and I think that the relief and the sort of release that that, that have for the whole country after that penalty shootout, that is a, a more profound feeling and a bigger feeling than I think if we'd won the tournament. I think that's the biggest thing you'd probably take from it, the fact yeah. that you've oh gotten over God. this penalty sort of But it wasn't neurosis. just the penalties, it was the, the whole start Yeah, yeah and the battling of it, yeah. It, I, I, was aged, an incredible game, I aged yeah. a couple yeah. of years during that. Yeah, it was an incredible game. Well, what was that like watching as a as a, a non England fan? No, I mean I was rooting for England just purely because of this. I was anyway. I mean, I, well, we we could talk about this too. I mean, yeah, that you're was from Edinburgh. You're slightly different. slightly conflicted throughout <laughs> it all. I wanted England to. I really did. So I cheered when England won. Yeah. Whenever they scored, not good. But the final might have been a different different issue, but but that's yeah, not fine. happened. So we don't have to talk but about also, it. That, that, that game for anyone who's even not into football, like my my wife was watching with me, and it was a, the clearest case of goodies versus baddies Absolutely, yeah. I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's all this going on, and you knew that England of ten years ago, twelve years ago, five years ago, two years ago, they would have folded in that game. Yeah. And either they wouldn't have even got to penalties or they'd have gone out on penalties. So to, to get through that, the, the uh, Kentish town um, where I live, the, the atmosphere in, on the streets and in the bars afterwards, I've never, ever, ever had anything like that. And I think that is what I'll take and that's what England will take from, from this World Cup. Even if we'd gone through to the final, I th- there's nothing that would have surpassed that. Gregor? Yeah, that was a proper knockout tie, that was. Yeah. And that was, that is, I think that was a huge moment for... For his team as well, yeah. I mean, you saw kind of you saw some cojones there, real cojones, and and they're young, you know, young young lads. Most of them hadn't played at this level, and and that was a huge moment. And then I think I think they will take a lot from this, and we're going to talk about who the players look like looking to the future going yes. forward. Who who's going to is going? I think they'll all take a huge deal, well, huge amount from this, and yeah. it's a young young squad. Who do you think's got the, the room for improvement, and ones that kind of came out of it with? With flying colours because I think there's a, there's a, the beauty of it is when the way that Southgate went no I'm going to do it you know the way that the, like other managers go I'm just going to leave these quality players at home because they don't fit my system and sometimes it's you know like Leroy Sane and it's like because they want to make a statement and it backfires but there's a few guys in that England team that just absolutely grew in stature massively yeah, yeah. 
the whole de- I mean the whole defence yes and the goalkeeper yeah. they were you know they they were probably not not none of them you really would have wanted in your defence beforehand I don't think Kel Walker if he was playing in his real position yeah, yeah. but all, was of, all, all of them excelled um Trippier, yeah, yeah. Trippier as well was a real fine, and he we can forget he's twenty seven because that, he's wow because he's just got into the scene, but he's, he'll still be there in the next yeah. the next time round. But the the, the centre backs at the start of the tournament, you were looking at it again. Well, there's no Terry's, there's no Ferdinand, there's no Sol Campbell, there's not even any Ledley Kings in there, and yet actually as a unit they worked pretty well. Having said that, the, the goal that put us out was a you know a moment of hesitation or, or, or not being aware of your surroundings, and John Stones is. Great in a three. You wouldn't trust him as being half your defence in the back four, but it it's very positive going forward, I think. And from a defender's point of view, the, do you think by giving Stones and Maguire more responsibility and saying this is, you're not part of a, you know, a comfortable, you're not going into defence that's established, you're not giving them the responsibility and saying go out there and be, you know, prove yourself. It's, they seem to grow into that. Yeah, it's not like you're the young guy along, alongside no. the old veteran. Like, oh, or even yeah. Cahill. If he'd put him and played alongside Don't. Cahill, it'd be like, he's yeah. the experienced pro, you're the guy. I'll let him deal with it. Yeah. You know, Maguire, they all, all took them responsibility, didn't yeah. they? And they were all playing and uh, it seemed they, they, they really suited the, the situation. You know, Stones... Stones really he sometimes playing one twos around centre forwards and stuff. These yeah. are things that you and you've never seen English defenders do. But they stuck to the process as well. Even even losing two one last night in the last ten minutes, they are still passing the ball out of the back, and they're not just. I think it faded. I think, I think it did, it did yeah. fade. But, but but they still they still you can see that the you can see that the the process is still there, and they were still trying to do the right things. But but who do you think? So you've, you've picked out some players there who've had a good yeah. one. Who do you think have you not think? covered themselves in glory? I want an outside uh, perspective. It's my job. Just let me. Let me you tell me your. Are we recording? You, I thought we were yeah, having a chat. You, you tell me your ones. We'll come back to the stinkers. Tell me your. Uh, your the good, the good yeah, because because I want the midfields and like strikers. Or just give me a, a kind of. Yeah. Who would be your favourite? Well, I think I think Kane has enhanced his reputation despite actually I don't think being that great in open play. I think he's. I think Spurs rushed him back from that injury and he's not been quite the same since. Um, I think. Lingard had a good tournament yeah. and for me has he's above Ali for me in that in that midfield um, Trippier I mean unbelievable Trippier's hmm. got to be in the team of the tournament I he? hope he's growing injury yeah. in that bad because they can be like, like the sore one that could be a few mm. months can't it yeah, yeah. yeah if he's, mm. um, obviously Pickford and Stones Maguire Walker I mean there's, there's, there's a good long list there that, 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 no, says, that says a lot Young I mean you'd say he kind of if Rose had had a, a, a real, a real run-up at the, tour, at the yeah. tournament beforehand, he would have been the one who played. Although Young was, was excellent, although I think he tired a bit. But uh, his ceiling is also game. a lot lower than Danny Rose. Yeah. But it's that thing of, yeah, you can't play someone that... I mean, our choices were Rose, Bertrand or, or Young. Young probably was in the top two left-backs in the league last year yeah. and played the whole time. Bertrand was awful and Rose didn't play, so you can't really pick Young. And well, Southgate's got a real thing about playing players that are on form and they're fit. Well, let's, so. let's give the third-place match the respect it deserves by not talking about it. <laughs> Straight on to the final. Uh, again, Belgium were gutted. To, I like, they must have been gutted because mm. that was a quality football match. There was so much quality and, and France seemed to, they seemed to release themselves from the shackles of Deschamps every time he's like, you have to play like this, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to play that. We're never going to do this." And Mbappe is like a you know, this coming of age. The, the guy's oh been God. incredible, but just goes to the next level in a way that you're like, "Well, imagine if we had someone like that." 
So imagine we playing against them. That's, like I mean, that. that's why Dejan Lovrand, uh, someone tweeted today about, you know, imagine <laughs> announcing you're one of the best defenders in the world two days before you're playing Mbappe. In the, in the I just first remember four days in playing. against Belgium, he got the, he got the ball up from kickoff, he's laying absolutely <laughs> burn Vertonghen I was thinking if I'm Vertonghen I'm, I'm feeling my hamstring already yeah. here <laughs> like, something's to be even tight up here you know because he's just oh, he's, next he's level, impossible he? to play against in that sort of that free-flowing yeah but I, I always thought he was like the new Ronaldo as in the new Brazilian Ronaldo you know because his, his, his build and his just sort of his acceleration, his not, his not to He's ten meters, is unbelievable. Went, went away from Fellaini, and I was yeah. just like, "Oh, that was Gareth Barry in Bloemfontein." <laughs> That's what that was. And just, he, but he's got everything. And, and at the minute, they're playing him wide, and yet he's just drifting wherever he wants. And his, his mentally, his awareness of what's going on around him is is that of a thirty six year old well, it's just, experienced it's pro. exciting to watch though isn't yeah. it it's more kind of, he's inventive in ways that he's got no fear and yeah. he, and he shouldn't have fear and you know he's well, well I'm sure we'll come on to that in the season uh, you know where his future lies but uh, perhaps not PSG is the best place for his, for that level of footballer but we're always on the lookout for the next Messi the next Ronaldo and I'm arguing the fact that actually they don't happen every generation. You don't always have someone like that. Messi no. and Ronaldo, we've been so lucky to see them in their whole careers. But before that, there wasn't anyone for a, for a while, probably Maradona. I mean, we've had great players in the meantime, Zidane, whoever. But you don't get those those players every generation. It just doesn't happen. But it looks like, fingers crossed, we might have one ready-made now. A 19-year-old doing this in the semi-final of a World Cup. Yep. It's just unbelievable. Well, um, thoughts on the final then is uh, France... I mean, it's hard to look beyond them after Chris. You've had this. I don't care. I don't, I'm not watching anything anymore. I'm finished. <laughs> well, that's great too. Um, so the next season, guys, because uh, it's it's upon us quickly, and I hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll see you and hear you both very soon back in the studio for the whistleblowers when we're back for the new season. Greg, are you, have you got anything exciting planned? Are you because I would imagine you've got quite a few clubs yet to do because your uh, journeyman column is is a belter. Yeah. Uh, lots of clubs still to visit and uh, doing a bit more for the times next season in terms of EFL stuff and, oh great uh, so yeah looking forward to the season starting it's not far away three no, weeks no it isn't, it isn't is there anything have you, have you been doing anything pre-season or are you got any, who's the first game you're going to I don't to, know, you know don't yet? ask me that no, no, no. I've been doing a, a bit of bits and bobs in the World Cup and uh, now that now that England are out and uh, it's nearly over with uh, the focus will return to the domestic scene I'm looking forward to that uh, Mark what are you up to uh, hopefully season three of the Everything But Football Football Show for Manchester oh, United. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so that should be the next couple of months. Nice. Apart from that, just uh, do a stand-up, mate, wherever I can, are wherever I'll have me. Yeah, I was going to say, are you doing that round? Is there any gigs that we can we can see out recently? No. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so get your Mark Smith, Phil, on this podcast. Listen, thanks very much, gentlemen. That's um, That concludes today's, uh, and probably the series from, from my point of view, uh, World Cup Whistleblowers, but I'll see you back for the new season. Cheers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.